amazing, amazing. <laughs> we just Okay, we're just going to give a few moments just for the parents and the kids to go. And then, so what we'll do is we're going to change our minds again. We'll do announcements and uh, everything else at the end if we get there. If not, Jasmine, you were here earlier. Can't we WhatsApp it? Can't we WhatsApp a link or something? <sighs> if we don't get there. Okay. And then, uh, cool. So just for those... Um, who are wondering, just quickly while we go into this, uh, the toddlers, moms and toddlers, um, are probably going to be in the meeting with us tonight. And so they, they've been feeling very um, disjointed, trying to keep the kids outside of the service. But we, we're a family church, so we want them to be part of it. So you might hear a bit of noise here and there. We're a family church. We love our kids. And, so, and the moms, we love the moms and dads as well. And they desperately need to be connected with us. And so if you do, give them a bit of grace. And uh, let them sit in with us. That's cool with you guys. Cool. Over to you guys, man. Are you going to hit it first? Amazing. Welcome. Bless you. Bless you. Praise God. Isn't God good? He is so good. And that was just awesome. (laughs) Stage diving is a bit of a new one. (laughs) But glory to God. There's something about the joy of the Lord. It's so powerful, isn't it? To have the joy of the Lord, the Bible says that that is our strength. And how, how we need that in these days, in these times. It's just beautiful to see. So it's brilliant to be with you guys. We're with Mission 24 with Jonathan Comrath. And so far it's been such a privilege just to be around you guys. We were over, I forget the names of places. We're Sunny Hill last night. And we were at Sunnydale last night. And this morning, Melton? Melbos. I don't know if I've said that right, <laughs> but, but some amazing meetings, God moving in powerful ways, lives being touched, souls being saved, the power of God being revealed amongst us, and we are expectant for that again tonight, amen, because we know Jesus is here, and when Jesus is here, everything changes, and I just want to take a few moments of your time before Wayne comes up and shares the word with you, I want to tell you about the power of God in my life, about what Jesus has done in me, in healing, in deliverance, in freedom, how he is the God that is is personal, he's with us on this journey, he's walking with us, whether we feel it, whether whether we understand that he is constantly by our side or not, the reality is that he is the God that is faithful, and he is with us every step of the journey, and I had the privilege of being born into a Christian family, my, my parents were Christians, grandparents Christians, aunties, uncles, everybody around me pretty much was saved. So I had the incredible blessing of being born into a Christian home. But then at the age of three years old, a trauma hit the family, I, or an incident, let's call it. A circumstance came by that shook my family and, and caused great trauma, great stress. At the age of three years old, as I'd begin to run and play and move about, I'd trip and fall over, and nothing was in my way. So my parents would be watching me and thinking, this, this isn't quite right. So I'd run again, 
Again, nothing in my way and I'd fall, tumble and fall over. No toys, nothing that I could be falling over. So they got very concerned and they thought, right, okay, let's keep watching him. And it continued to take place. So they said, you know what, we need to take him to the doctors. And the doctors said, no, 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 you need to take your little boy to the hospital. So I did some more testings and some more um, procedures to find out what was going on. And they said, no, actually, you need to take your boy to what's called Birmingham Cancer Ward. So they took me to that hospital. Again, further x-rays, testing. They checked me out. And it came back that I did have cancer. I had a tumor on my left leg, just above my knee, what's called your growth plate. So things were getting pretty serious right now. Time was going on, spending a lot of time in the hospital. The church were praying. My family were praying. Everybody around me was praying, needing something to shift, needing something to change in this situation. It was getting so bad to the point where the specialists now were talking about amputating my leg. They were either going to have to amputate my leg or the cancer was going to spread and take my life. Something that I know my dad seriously battled with. It, it, to imagine that for his little boy, it, it truly broke his heart. But the church was praying. The household of God was praying. And I went into a CAT scan for a final time. And as I went into that CAT scan, power hit that room. Not only did the machine itself shut down, but every computer and electronic device shut down in that room. So they brought me out, took me back to my waiting room where I'd been staying. The technicians came and fixed up the machine. Everything went great. I went in a second time. This time it was successful. Great. Back to the waiting room. Several hours passed by and the specialists walked through the door. And they said these words to my parents. They said, we don't know what to say, Mr. and Mrs. Holland. But you have a perfectly healthy little boy. No cancer, no tumor. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Because the reality is, when power hit that room, Jesus came into that room. The power of the living God was manifested in that room. Because there is healing power in the name of Jesus. There's healing power in the presence of Jesus. And that same Jesus, as many of us know, who was there in that room with me, he is in this place tonight. And healings are going to take place. The power of God is going to reach you where you are at. So moving on in my testimony, I, I carried on in the church to the age of about 16. I, uh, and at that point, you really do, the rubber meets the road and you decide, is this faith mine or is it my parents? We can be blessed to grow up in a Christian family. We can be blessed with the prayers and surrounding of church and hearing about Jesus. But the truth is we get to a point where we have to decide. It has to become your own faith. You can't rely on your parents anymore. And I decided in my great wisdom that I was going to turn from the Lord. I decided that I wanted to have a pursuit of freedom. I knew what was right. I knew where freedom was. I knew what I was doing. Little did I know that I couldn't have been further from the truth. That in my pursuit to get free, I was becoming more and more and more bound. Started off smoking. Smoking turned into drinking. Drinking turned into constantly drinking, which gave way to smoking weed. Now, it wasn't just one day, two days, three days a week. It was every day of the week. Opened me up to cocaine, going to raves, going to festivals. The things around us that are so appealing and so appetizing as it seems to the flesh and the natural eye. Many of the things nowadays that we say are acceptable, we say that they are good for you, they are your right, they're going to make, help you to discover who you truly are. 
I want to tell you the truth is that it couldn't be further from the truth. None of these things can supply life to you. There is one giver of life. And his name is Jesus Christ. And I found myself on a vicious cycle pursuing these things that are all available in life around me. But more and more and more bound. Through smoking weed every single day I I developed psychosis. I was becoming paranoid. I was always confident in primary school, secondary school. Always one of the louder ones, more confident. But in the space of four to five very short years I became crushed. Everything inside of me was destroyed. All of my confidence was drained out of me. I remember it used to happen many times, but one evening we were out and and there was four or five cars in a row, me and all my mates, and smoke was just pouring out of the windows. And bearing in mind, these are the closest people in my life. They're my best friends. They're the guys that I've been hung around with for years and years and years. The ones that I loved and they loved me, but yet in this situation, I remember being sat on the back seat of my friend's car Four or five of us in a row. And for well over probably five hours, I didn't physically say one word. I could not physically speak to those who were around me because of fear, because of confusion, because of anxiety. I mean, how broken do you have to get to be with the people that you love the most? And you don't have the strength to get a word out to speak to them. And I saw the hand of the enemy in my life gripping me tighter and tighter and tighter. All of my identity gone. All of my purpose gone. I never tried to take my life. But I certainly knew this. If I didn't wake up the next morning, I could not have cared less. Every ounce of purpose had been drained from me. And through all the drug use and the smoking weed every day, now I had an audible voice telling me, look at you. You're losing your mind. You're losing your mind. 18, 19, 20-year-old guy, I can't tell you the fear that that put in me. Look at you. I'd come home in an evening. You're losing your mind. Five years, ten years down the line, they're going to lock you away. They're going to come for you. They're going to lock you away. There's going to be nothing left. Bound, bound, bound by fear. The Bible says God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, one of love, and one of a sound mind. I want to tell you there may be some in here today and you've got this pressure on your mind. You've got this anxiety, this fear that comes. Sometimes you feel like you've got a victory over it. Sometimes it feels like it's going around in cycles. I believe that the Lord wants to break that tonight in Jesus' name. Sometimes we accept a cycle or we accept that it's just kind of part of our personality or or who we are. I want to tell you that's an absolute lie. You are created to be free and to live free and to walk in freedom. We've received the mind of Christ. Amen. And that is what he wants to give you in this place tonight. I just feel that on my heart, maybe for one or two of you. So anyway, I find myself crushed, broken, suicide, borderline suicidal. But I praise God that my little sister was praying and fasting for me. Praise God. My parents, of course, have been praying for many years as well. And what I decided was a random decision to go to a Christian conference. Said to a friend, sure, let's do it. Let's try it. I mean, in the state I'm in, what, what is there to lose? What could there possibly be to lose? So I remember going into this tent meeting. And as I went into this tent meeting, the power of God met me there. As I went through them doors into that tent meeting, I knew that the arms of the Father were wide open to me. Can you imagine the guilt and the shame that I felt growing up in a Christian family? I knew, even though he gave me every reason to follow him, 
He surrounded me with believers. He surrounded me with the right people. Even after that, I turned my back on him. At the age of three years old, I, he healed me of cancer, saved my life, but yet I still ran away at the age of 16. I still chose the things of the world instead of him. All this shame creeping upon me, the addiction, the binding that had been over my life. But I knew in that tent meeting, I knew in that moment that the arms of the Father were wide open to me. And I knew that he was never again going to hold those things against me. I want to tell you today that there is a God in this place. And if you will come to him, never again will he hold those things of your past against you. I want to tell you there is a supply of the Spirit in this place tonight that will break every chain off of your life. He will break heaviness, weariness. He is the God that brings healing, that brings restoration. He healed me of cancer sovereignly. He moves in ways by the laying on of hands, by the spoken word. He can reach you wherever you are at tonight because there's power in His name. There's something about the kingdom of God, though. It, it requires a response of our hearts. Amen? It requires a stepping out on our end of things. Let me tell you, God responds to faith. Amen? He cannot help himself but respond to faith. What does the Bible say? It says, blessed are they who hunger and who thirst for righteousness. Hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. It's not a might, a maybe, a could do. Maybe if you're lucky on that Sunday and it's a great service. I want to tell you if you will have hunger and thirst in your heart tonight and you will take that step towards the Lord, He will meet you in that place. Because His promise is that you shall be filled. You shall be touched. You shall be healed. I really saw this in a mission trip that we recently went on in Argentina in a place called Santiago del Estero. And I think it was the second night of the big campaigns. And we went into this stadium and it was just an incredible sight to see. Sometimes you can, you, many times you can feel the hunger of the people for the Lord. You, you step into an, an area, a place, and you can feel the desperation. And then that was so true in this setting. We got into this place and I went and stood around. It was kind of a, a horseshoe shape, this open stadium. And I went and stood around the back of it. And I remember looking and thinking, great things are going to take place tonight. There is hunger amongst these people. There is, there is something in this atmosphere where the power of God is going to be released. And it was beautiful to see as we looked out and we saw over the crowd, people coming up the steps. There were the blind family members leading the blind up the steps and taking them down. There were the cripples and the lame and those in who couldn't even have wheelchairs, but they were being carried by their family members to the front. And that really struck me. That did something inside of me. I thought to myself, this is what you call expectation. This is what you call hunger on the God who we proclaim, who we say is amongst us. Many of these people in desperate, dire situations, naturally there is no cure, there's no way out. But they've heard that Jesus is here. They've heard that Jesus is amongst these people, this group of people. And that when Jesus is there, miracles happen. And how true that was that night. The miracles that took place, the lame, the crippled arms that are tucked away and mangled, being reached out and restored by the hand of God. I remember one woman I went to, completely blind, double cataracts, both eyes. You know, it's really cloudy over both eyes. Hasn't been able to see in years and years and years. But she was hungry. She said, I know Jesus can do it. 
So I thought, this is great. Faith is there. The Lord loves faith. Reached down my hands. Put my hands over her eyes. In the name of Jesus. Cataracts go. Sight be restored. Full vision in the name of Jesus. Lifted my hands. And straight away she looks. Not fully restored. But she says, I begin to see shadows. I can see movement. It's lighter than it was before. I said, great. Let's pray again. How many of us know sometimes it's not the first time? Jesus had twice. Did he not? That gives us at least 10, I reckon. So we prayed a second time. Second time in the name of Jesus, cataracts, go. Sight be fully restored. And as I removed my hands, praise God, she looked up at the stage with tears pouring down her face. She says, I see those three lights on that stage over there. And I see that man in that white shirt 30 meters over there. Eyesight had been completely restored. I want to tell you, this is what I'm trying to get to you tonight. Whether it's cancer in your body in this place. I'm not trying to just preach you happy. I'm telling you a truth tonight. If you have cancer in your body, Jesus is here. Cancer has to bow its knee to Jesus. If you have sickness, if you have heaviness, if you have an issue in your life that is too big for you tonight, here today, Jesus is the answer. And if you will take that step towards him, he will meet you in that place. Amen? Amen. It requires faith. It requires one step forward, and He will meet you right where you are. Amen. Give glory to God. Do you want to come on up, Wayne? Glory to God. You know, something I love hearing testimonies, I love hearing testimonies because it it stirs faith within us, doesn't it? You know, as Kurt was talking about this lady who who had cataracts, you know, that dissolved as he prayed for us twice, I want you to know that the same God that was doing that in South America, and it's easy to hear God doing things in far-off lands, isn't it? Do you know that in Sunningdale last night, there was a lady that we prayed for. She had cataracts in her eyes. She's actually got an appointment on Monday morning to have the operation. But she's going to go, and the surgeon is going to confirm a medical miracle in her life. Because Jesus last night dissolved the cataracts in her eyes. She said, I can see. She said, in fact, even the surface of my eye, where it had a lump on it, has gone down. Our God is healer. I want you to know tonight, I've got a st- I, have, I have a line that I want, you to, this, I want to drill this home to you tonight. If Jesus says that something is so, it is so. You see, Jesus being God and the creative nature of who he is. Anything that comes out of his mouth instinctively has to be the truth. In fact, the the, the gospel of John tells us that all things were created by him, for him, and indeed through him. So if Jesus turns around and says something, even if it is contrary to what nature dictates, it is so. Jesus could turn around and say, the sky is pink. And in your mind, you know it's true. But as soon as he says the sky is pink, it has turned. Jesus can speak to anything like the fig tree and tell it, wither. And the next time you look, it is cursed and it has died. You see, Jesus, when words come out of his mouth, it is so. He cannot deny his own nature. This is who he is. And I just want to base this in, in some scripture for you tonight. It's a good place to start. 
And I'm going to be just coming from, from an account. And I say it's an account. I never actually describe these things in the Bible as stories because stories can be made up. This is an account. It's a factual. A factual account of what happened. John is described as a witness. A witness is somebody who was there, who saw it, who's given an account before a judge, who's given an account before a people who can actually say, this are the facts of what happened. And this account, I'm going to start reading at John 11. I will stop and I will start and I will be all over the show. So please bear with me. But it says, it says, a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, at the town of Mary and her sister, Martha. Therefore, the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, the one whom you love is sick. And when Jesus heard that, he said, the sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed in the place where he was for two more days. And after this, he said, let's go to the disciples. Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you, and you've gone in there again. Jesus said, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, and he doesn't stumble, because he sees in the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles, because the light is not on him. These things he said to them. And then he said, our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. This disciple said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. Then Jesus spoke of his death. But they thought that he was talking about rest in sleep. So Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. I'm going to stop there. Because you see, when Jesus at first, when he heard about this two days earlier, Jesus turned and said, this sickness is not unto death. Jesus turned and said, in fact, this man... This Lazarus, the one whom I love, the one who's described as one who I love, said, he's not going to die. This sickness is not unto death. And everything, everything, everything that is natural speaks against what Jesus is speaking. In fact, he told them he sleeps. And they think he's sleeping. He said, no, I actually tell you, he's dead. You see, here we see a bit of a conflict. We see what Jesus has said, and we see what is naturally happening. And today, I don't want to encourage you guys. If the Lord says it is so, it is so. If the Lord speaks something, if Jesus is speaking something into your life, it is the truth. If Jesus speaks a promise into your life, take a hold of it. Take a hold of it with both hands. Hold on to it. Do not let it go. Badger his throne day and night and say, Lord, I will not let you go. I will keep a hold of what it is you're saying over my life. Keep a hold of what he is saying. Keep a hold of that promise. If the Lord says it is so, it is is so. I want you to know that in this place, amongst your community, there are people who are living under medical grade curses. Things that doctors have spoken out over people. Things that people, as soon as they hear it from somebody who has 
perceived authority. You will take this upon yourself. You will own this. And it will manifest itself through your life. You may say that this is mind over matter. It's not. This is matter because your mind doesn't matter in this. Because the Lord has spoken. And when the Lord says it is so, it is so. You know, I was, pre- I was speaking on this subject not long ago. In Cardiff, in Wales, in the UK. And a man, when he heard this message, when he heard that he was living under a medical grade curse, and when he heard that all these things need to submit to the name of Jesus, he said to me after the meeting, he said, you know something, as soon as I heard you say that the name of Jesus is above everything, that he desires freedom for his children, that he speaks life and he speaks life abundant, his life transmitted from the throne of heaven, impressed into your life, living alongside your life, giving you more than the biological life, but the eternal life that comes from him for the throne of grace. He says, as soon as I heard these words coming from you and I wrapped my mind around what you were saying, He said, I heard the words of the doctor echo in my spirit. The words that said, you have an enlarged prostate. It is cancerous. You are going to die. He said, as soon as I heard that when Jesus speaks over something, when he speaks life and his life and his abundance and his freedom, that we're no longer under the curse of the law, that we don't have to take cancers and all these sicknesses upon ourselves. He said instantly, instantly, he felt that prostate shrink. He felt the pressure removed from his bladder instantly. Instantly. The desire to go to every toilet that he passed disappeared. That night, he slept like a baby without having to get up once. The day after, he lived as a normal person would do without having to go to the toilet again and again and again and again and again. He went back to the doctors and doctors said, I don't know what's happened, but you are free. If the Lord says it is so, it is so. There is nothing that can withstand the power and the authority of the name of Jesus. Not one sickness. Not one sickness. Not one situation. Not one circumstance. If you can find it, show me. Show me. Show me from here. I didn't read it. If you can find it in here, you must have a different one of these than I have. Do you know something? One morning, I was in prayer. I'd just come from a particularly broken place. I'd just come from a place where, where I, was, I was desperate before God. I'd started to read through this, Matthew, immediately. I'd started to read through Mark, immediately, what Jesus was doing. I'd started to read through, through Luke and the whole accounts of what Jesus was doing. I started to read through the Gospel of John and saw that he was the power, the living Word of God moving amongst us. I started to read through the Acts of the Apostles how he transformed and worked through normal men and women and absolutely radically transformed the atmospheres and the communities where these people were. 
And I said, literally in my, in my study, in my study time, in my quiet time, in the early morning, I got on my knees and said, God, I do not see these things. I do not see these things. Why don't I see these things? Have you ever heard the voice of God? Have you ever heard the voice of God? The voice of God answered me and he said this. He said, do you believe? Do you believe? I said, God, of course I believe. How could I do anything but believe? I'd been a Christian years and years and years. I was saved from, from being a drug dealer. I was saved from, from snorting all the time. I was saved from injecting myself. When I met God, I met with him in the form of a rainbow. He literally came inside me, transformed everything who I was, washed me clean, filled me with his love, healed me from the abuses that had happened in my past, and I could stand and say I was a brand new man. And I can promise you tonight that he will do the same for you. Why? Because he loves no one more than he loves another. He favors no man no more than he favors another. What he did for one, he will do for another. Tonight, if you have come in here and you're broken, tonight, if you have come in here and you don't know his love, tonight, if you have come in here and you're actually saying, God, I just need some hope. God, I just need some of what this man is shouting about. Believe me, I'm not shouting. This is just my excited voice. (laughs) God, I need this. Tonight, if you would open your heart. In fact, the Bible tells us in a book called Hebrews, it says today, if you hear the voice of God, do not harden your heart against him. And today, if you hear the voice of God, do not harden your heart against him. Open your heart. Let him speak to you. Let him speak to you. As I heard this this voice turning around saying, do you believe Of course I believe. You know what you brought me from, God. Why don't you do it? Wow. Wow. That was one of these holy mic drop moments. Why don't you do it? Well, I have no answers. I have no answers. Do you know that the Lord is willing to use you? You. The Lord is willing to use you. The Lord is willing to use every single one of us to transform communities. The Lord is willing to use every single one of us to perform the miraculous. The Lord is willing and wanting to use every single one of us to be community transformers, to be radical changers of society. The Lord wants every single one of us to be radically sold out and transformed and changed and reflect exactly who he is. I remember when I heard the Lord saying to me, why don't you do it? I said, I have no idea, I don't know. I'm going to go and do it. I'm going to go and do it now. And I went out and I thought, we've got to start. It's got to start easy. And I went and found somebody who had a headache. 
I waited until I found somebody to, oh, oh God, headaches easy. An aspirin can do that. Surely you can. <laughs> I said, you know, I said, you, you, you've got a headache? He said, yes, I'm going to pray for you. I said, um, God said he will heal you. This was a non-Christian person. They looked at me like I was weird. I felt a little bit weird, fairness we said. So I prayed for them. I said, what, what's happened? Headache's gone. Wow. So I told them about the gospel. I told them about Jesus. The next person. Somebody who had arthritis. I was at work at the point. The job that I did at the time was I was doing disabled adaptions for bathrooms so that they could have wet rooms instead of bathrooms. When you start going in and preaching the gospel and seeing people healed, it kind of negates the room need for wet rooms and, and things like that. <laughs> it didn't make me very popular at the place that I was employed at the time. You know, we went in, so there's people who've got arthritis. Can I pray for you? Yes. And you see knotted and mangled fingers being made straight. Pain disappearing from people. And people being made whole. And you think, God, if you can do this, is there anything that you can't do? And the answer is no. There is nothing that he cannot do. If the Lord says it is so, it is so. If the Lord says it is so, it is so. And you know something, over his church, he says that you are the light of the world. That you are supposed to be the light of the world. You're supposed to reflect everything who he is. He says that we are meant to be his representation, his hands, his feet, him with skin on. Everywhere where we are. I know that when I was in Argentina the year before, well, two years before, because, because nobody could move anywhere. We couldn't get there, and I can't swim that well. <laughs> there was a man there. He'd been, he'd been diagnosed as being paralyzed. The doctors had written him off. He's never going to get well again. He's never going to walk again. He walked around his house. Please excuse me. I'm not being crude, and I'm not trying to make light of his situation, but he looked like Spider-Man. He could hold onto the wall and he could drag himself around the furniture. I had no leading when I saw this man. I had no leading to go and speak to him in the slightest. In fact, I was walking past his house and on the front of his house was a towel that hung over his door. Well, hung where the door should have been. And on this towel wrote, love, hell, love, hell, love, hell, love, hell, love, hell, all over this towel. I thought, I've got to speak to this man. So I went and I made a noise at his door. He opened his door. I said, can we speak to you? He says, yeah. And he invites us in. Inside his house, there's five children. There's one of his daughters. She's got five children. And there's this man. This man is called Jorge. This man is an alcoholic. He's a nasty alcoholic. He's caused his wife to leave home. It's caused all of his neighbors to turn against him. Everybody knows who this man is. And when we start to tell him we're here to speak about Jesus, he went, ah, Jesus, or Jesus, and dragged himself into the kitchen of his house. We start to tell the rest of his family. 
about Jesus, about how he transforms lives, about how he is the miracle-working God, about how he brings hope to the hopeless, about how he can heal the brokenhearted, about how those who have anxiety and depression can be released and can be totally set free and transformed when they come into his presence and are met with his love and his power. And one by one, as his grandchildren start to receive Christ for themselves, His daughter receives Christ for herself. And see Jorge's hand come around the top of the kitchen door. Para mí, for me. Sí. Yes. He comes. He surrenders. Hard, broken, twisted, addicted, hard-hearted, hot-tempered man that has driven everybody away from him. Starts sobbing and weeping as he starts to receive Christ. Starts literally being undone, unfurled. You can see all the anguish, all the anxiety, all the pain of everything that he's gone through. Turns out his wife cheated on him because he was horrible to her. And as he started to forgive her, something started to happen with him. There was a melting taking place with inside of him. It was a beautiful sight. As he sat there in a crumpled heap. And Jorge, the legs... We had a translator with us. He turned around and said, the doctor says never. But Jesus says yes. Jesus says yes. Arise, Jorge, in the name of Jesus, and walk. That man got up. He got up under his own strength. That man got up instantly, walked out of his front door. And as soon as he walked out of his front door, he was marching up and down of his street. And people are coming to the door. What has happened, Jesus? What has happened to you, Jesus? What has happened, Jesus? The doctors may have said it was impossible. I want you to know, with God, nothing is impossible. If the Lord says it is so, it is so. As we carry on reading the account here of Lazarus, we know that, that the Lord has said it is not unto death. That this disease is not unto death. This sickness will not take his life. And everything looks to the contrary. And the reason I'm laboring things that look to the contrary of what the Lord is saying, because some of you guys in here, you look at the things and you're concentrating on the things that are contrary to what God says. If the Lord says it is so, it is so. I'm going to get to the point where I say this, and I'm not even going to have to say the second half. <laughs> if the Lord says it is so, it is so. I just love, I love 
the rest of this account. Because you see, it looks like, doesn't it, that the Lord has not come through on his promise. It looks like his word has been broken. It looks like he's not who he says that he is. It looks, everything around it looks contrary to whom he is, to what he is, to who is speaking. We have to remember when the Lord says it is so, it is so, who is speaking? The Lord. The clue is in the name. The creator. The one from whom everything was spoken into being. If he says it is so, it is so. Let's have a look at, continue to go through here. I just love this bit. Come on, Jesus. Jesus came and found that he had already been in the tomb for four days. You know, Bethany is not four days' journey from Jerusalem. It's two days. It's two days. By the time that Jesus had been asked to come because Lazarus was sick, at that point, he had already died. He had already died. He'd been passed before he was asked. Just an interesting aside for you to think on there. Many Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went out and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. And Martha said to him, Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, he will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. In fact, let me just rewind that, just one verse there. Right? Because this is, this, is a key, this is a key for us here to, to, just, to just grab onto. Can we just rewind that verse, one verse please, sir? Thank you, that's the one. I know whatever you will give God, he, and whatever you ask God, he will give you. You see, when Jesus was talking to Peter, Peter, he said to him this. He said, he said, all authority I give unto you. He said, whatever you ask, whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. Have you got a whatever? Have you got a whatever? Is there anybody over this side who has a whatever? Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. I love when Jesus says things like this. Because when the Lord said, is this so? It is so. Because he leaves no ambiguity in these statements, does he? He doesn't leave any room for interpretation. Oh, well, I think the Lord, when he said, I, was, I will do it. No, it's in words of one syllable. I will do it. You don't need to try and interpret this. There's no maybes. There's no I might do. There's no it could happen. There's no if it is your will. I will do it. 
I will do it. I can see some people are, yes. Some people are actually listening and some people are getting on to what's being said here. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. Mary, she'd got hold of this. Whatever you ask of God, he will give you. Same thing, what Jesus has given to us. And he said, your brother will rise again. He said, I know that he will rise in the day of resurrection. Oh, I love it when people get holy and start doing all this kind of stuff, don't you? I really do. Because Jesus will always come back at us with a complete truth. And this is exactly what he came back to Mary with. He said, I am the resurrection. He said, I am the resurrection. And whoever believes in me. No, he, he will live. I am the resurrection. I am the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me, he shall never die. Do you believe this? She said, yes. Yes, Lord. I believe that you're the Christ. The Son of God. The one who has come into the world. A recognition who she's speaking to. A recognition who is speaking to her. The Lord. God himself. God in the form of a man. Come living amongst us. The innocence. The very representation of God. In the form of a man. Speaking to her. Telling her something is so. The recognition dawns who's speaking to her. God is speaking to her. The recognition dawns what's happening. There's something that's going to be groundbreaking. Do you know that when God speaks, it's groundbreaking in our lives. We started talking about promises that God has made us earlier on. These promises are groundbreaking in our lives. They're set in stone. Signed by the blood of the Savior. Signed by him who adopted us with his own life. Guaranteed by the very throne of grace. Jesus comes, I'm just going to skip a few verses here just for the, for the sake of time. We're going to pick up again here. We'll pick it up again. At verse 38. Jesus, grown him to himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave, a stone laid against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Take away the stone. What is a stone? It's a blockage. What is a stone? It's something that's blocking his way. What is it? It's something that's getting in the way. It's a barrier. 
Tonight, I believe that God is speaking to some people in here and he's saying the exact same words. Take away the stone. Take away the stone. And you know, we often justify ourselves just like Martha did here, where she said, take away the stone. She said, but Lord, he's been dead for four days. By this time, he stink. And I want you to know that the excuses that we come across when the Lord says, take away the stone, stink like the stench of death that the stone was trying to keep behind it. Our excuses stink. They stink like death. Because an excuse to keep the stone in a place is exactly this. It's a doubt that God will do what he says that he will do. It's us clinging on to our flesh. It's us clinging on to our old lives. It's us refusing to lay down and die. Roll away the stone. Some people in here tonight, you need to roll away the stone. What's your stone? What are you keeping behind your stone? What things of the old flesh are you hiding behind your stone? Are you ready to roll away the stone? Let the Lord of life speak in to the tomb that is hiding behind it and dissipate the stink. Get rid of the death that is there. They roll away the stone. Jesus shouts, Lazarus, come out. Come out. Lazarus, come out. If I was in the UK, I'd be saying things like, James, come out. I'd be saying things like, John, come out. Wendy, come out. Guys, no offense, you've got some pretty exotic names down here, so I'm not going to (laughs) try. I've heard some, and I need to practice my pronunciation, so it really is for the lack of trying to offend you that I won't even try. (laughs) Lazarus, come out. And him who had died, him who, would, who death had actually settled in, he came out bound, hand and foot in, in grave clothes. <laughs> With his face wrapped and Jesus said to him, release him, let him go. Release him, let him go. You see, what looked impossible, what looked like it was all failed, what looked like was not going to come about in the natural, Jesus spoke and it was so. What looked like he was defeated, what looked like his words was coming to nothing, was, was put right when Jesus spoke. When the Lord says it is so, it is so. He is the Lord of life. He's the Lord of, he's, he's the Lord of health. He's the Lord of healing. He's the Lord of all things. He is the name that is above every other name. He is the name, the only name that we can be saved. 
How can we be saved? Because him himself laid himself down a perfect sacrifice for the forgiveness of your sin. You see, the Bible says sin separates us from God. It says that our sin stinks to high heaven. It says the eyes of God are too pure that he cannot look upon sin. And you'll hear things of, of, of songs and stuff that we sing in churches that turn around and say the blood of Jesus is stronger, that his sacrifice was stronger. I want to put some correction into this. The blood of Jesus was acceptable. Because the Bible tells us, it says that there is no forgiveness of sin without the shedding of blood. And he says that the blood of lambs and bulls was not acceptable. It was a covering temporary. The blood of Jesus is acceptable before God for the forgiveness, for the redemption. That means buying back for the fulfilling of the price of our sin. Innocent blood laid down for those who didn't deserve it. This is what we call grace. Life being given for death. And tonight, we know what happened with Jesus. We know that he went to the cross. We know that as he was on the cross, and he cried out and said, it is finished. And he laid his own life down. Folks, it wasn't taken from him. It was given. It was given willingly. It was given willingly, freely. So that all who were bound by the consequences of sin could be brought into the glories of life. Could be brought into freedom. Those born in darkness could be brought into his glorious light. Folks, tonight, just like Lazarus. Folks, tonight, just as, as Lazarus' corpse was called to, Lazarus, come out of that grave. Tonight, is he calling your name? Tonight, is he calling you to come out from behind the stones? Tonight, is he calling you to come out from death into life? Tonight, is he calling you to come out, leave that place and walk into freedom? Is he talking to you tonight, saying, come out of that grave, receive healing? Is he talking to you tonight, come out of that grave, receive freedom, leave that addiction, leave that anxiety, leave this condition? Come out of that grave. Because you see, the Jesus that I believe in, the risen Jesus, the Jesus who died and who was raised to life after three days, I know that he ascended to heaven. I know that right now he is sitting at the right hand of the Father and he is making intercession. That means he is praying for me. And he is praying for you, those who are written in his book of life. And I know that he looks at me through the nail-pierced hand and he looks at my life and says, that don't belong there. Anxiety, that was never designed for you. I know that he looks at me through his nail-pierced hand and says, sickness, that was never intended for you. That was dealt with at the cross. I know that he looks at me and says, worry, that was never intended for you. I desired freedom for you. I know that he looks at me and says, the fear of death, that was never intended for you. 
I know that he looks at me and says, arthritis, that was never intended for you. Deafness, that was never intended for you. I go on to these things because they are things that, the deafness particularly, I used to wear two hearing aids. That's not why I talk loud. I talk loud because I get excited. I used to wear two hearing aids and, and I stood before God and said, God, how can I actually turn around and proclaim your goodness when I need a machine to tell what people are talking about? I took them out and threw them away. By his grace, I have never, ever needed them again since. That was one of my stones that needed rolling away. What's yours? You see, the miracles are here tonight for us. Freedom is here tonight for us. The Lord is wanting to move in this place tonight. The Lord is wanting to set captives free tonight. I know there are people in here abound by anxiety and all kinds of worry. The Lord wants to break this off of us. I know there are people in here tonight, you have poor hip movements. I know there are people in here tonight, you have joint limitations. The Lord wants to set you free. And we are going to pray for the sick tonight. But first and foremost, the most important and the greatest miracle of all of them is that we can have our name written in his book of life. And if you don't know Jesus as your Savior tonight, if you don't know that you're going to heaven, if you don't know that you have been set free, if you don't know that Jesus loves you, that he wants to receive you, that he wants to adopt you into his family, if you don't know that he speaks life over you, if you don't know that he wants to transform your life, if you don't know that he's done these things already for you, I would urge you, in fact, I would plead with you, receive him into your heart today. Allow him to be and take his rightful place in your heart tonight. You see, we call him Savior because that's who he is. I call him Lord because he is King. He is God. And tonight, he's knocking on the door of your heart and saying, will you call me the same? Will you allow me in? Will you allow me to be the king of your heart? Will you allow me to be your savior? Will you receive me? Today, if you're hearing the voice of God, and that will be that nagging on the inside, that will be that, I want to know what this is about. That will be that, that gentle tug Inside of your heart right now. The Bible says don't harden your heart against him. Don't harden your heart in rebellion. But come to him. Come to him. Come to him who is freedom. Come to him who is life. Come to him who is love. Come to him who is acceptance. Come to him who desires you. Come to him who speaks life over you. Come to him who wants to set you free. I'm going to start to bring this to a close right now. And I'm just going to ask us all if we can just stand, please, right now. And I'm going to just say a quick, a quick prayer here right now. But I'm going to ask every single one of us to repeat this. I'm going to ask every single one of us to repeat. 
And tonight, if for the first time you're inviting Jesus into your heart, I want you to mean every single word, what we're saying. Tonight, if you want to receive salvation, if you want to know that assurance of life where you had none, open your heart and receive him. We're going to pray. I'm going to, ask, I'm going to leave a space. I'm going, to, I'm going to ask everybody to pray along with us. And we're just going to say something like this. Lord Jesus, I can't do it for you. Everybody has to do this themselves. I can do many things for you. One thing I can't do is invite Jesus into your heart. Lord Jesus, thank you. You went to the cross for me. Thank you, Jesus, that you bought life when I deserved death. Thank you, Jesus, the grave could not contain you. That you are alive. You're alive today. Be the Lord of my life. I invite you. Rule in my heart. Be the king of my life. Jesus, I thank you that in you I am a new creation. That you speak life over me. That you speak freshness over me. You speak renewal over me. Jesus, I repent. For those who don't know, that just means I turn away. Jesus, I repent from my old life, from my old ways. Forgive me and lead me into life. Thank you. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask you now just to, just to do one more thing. You see, when Jesus died, he died in public. When Jesus died, he died naked, hanging on his hillside. Nobody could deny that. And Jesus himself says these words. He says that if you will confess me before men, he says, I will confess you before my Father in heaven. You cannot be a secret Christian. That goes against the grain. It goes against everything of what we are. And tonight, if you have invited Jesus into your life, Tonight, if you have turned around and said, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord in my heart. I'm going to ask you right now where you are. Raise your hand. Is there anybody? Did you? Raise your hand. Thank you. <laughs> Is there anybody over this side? Is there anybody over this side? I know that we had visitors here tonight. I'm not trying to put you on the spot. But don't walk out not knowing forgiveness. Did you invite Jesus into your life tonight? Is there anybody else? Is there anybody who has recommitted their life to Christ tonight because your walk just hasn't been cutting it? Is there anybody here tonight that has recognized that they have stones that just needed rolling away? If that's you, let me see your hand. God bless you, sir. God bless you, sir. God bless you, madam. Any more? Any more? God bless you. God bless you. I'm going to ask you all now, just as a mark of faith and a step of faith, leave where you're standing.
and come and join me in the middle here because we want to pray for you. We want to see God move miraculously and mightily in your life. God is going to move and transform people's lives tonight. Make no mistake about that. When the Lord says it is so, it is so. God bless. Come on, give him a give him some. So, so don't be shy. Come, come closer. Come closer. I just do feel. Um, just wait. Sorry, I'll give you the mic back now. I do feel there's someone here um, that hasn't. Um, ever responded to the Lord Jesus Christ. I know Wayne had thrown it out. He feels like there's someone else here as well. And I really, I really felt like the Lord said to, to you, I think you're that kind of person that you are asking him to prove himself to you. Um, I think your intellect is getting in the way. Um, because faith, the word of God says, we live by, by faith, not by sight. Sometimes uh, God wants to bring us to himself without us understanding it, without us seeing it, or even feeling it tangibly. And I really felt like there's someone that God, God is tugging in your heart and you are resisting him because you want, to be, you want to see everything as it fits in. And I really felt the Lord says he, he wants to do deep work in you this, morning, this evening, but you're not going to see it. It's not going to be normal. It's not going to be what your flesh wants or what you think is it, it's supernatural. That's what salvation is. It's a supernatural working of the Lord Jesus Christ without our understanding. And um, I really felt that strong through the whole evening. And we want to fight for you tonight. I do, be, I do feel like there's so much faith in this place. There's so much of God's power to save, to recommit, to even to touch and to heal. I do believe that with all my heart. And so we want to fight with you a little longer because we, we never know when our last moment on this earth is going to be. It could be tonight when we're going home. It could be tomorrow. We don't know. But now is the time for salvation. Now is the time to step into the freedom of what the Lord has. So we, I want to throw it out because we're here with you. You know, you know my heart. <laughs> Most of you have seen us more than once. You know that we love Jesus. We know that we're here for you. Um, and so if that is you, man, can you respond to the Lord tonight? Just going, He wants to transform you into the likeness of His Son. But it's not about what you can understand. It's about what He's doing inside of you tonight. And so I want to give a few moments. I, I really want to pray, like fight for you tonight. Is there anyone like that? Just show us somehow that we're going to rejoice in the Lord. Don't want to miss this opportunity, you know. Anybody. Come on, Lord. Anybody, anybody. You're probably freaking out. It's probably like, this, this goes against everything that I'm feeling, everything that I'm wanting. But it's the Lord touching your heart, tugging you. Anybody. I want to ask one more time because I'm still feeling it very strongly. Anybody. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's right, it's right, it's right. I believe that this is right. There's somebody here, you're having an argument with yourself right now. You are having an argument with yourself right now. Don't listen to your head, listen to your heart. Don't listen and try and reason this out. It's not one of those kinds of decisions. I can't convince your mind. We need to convict your heart. We're not here to convince intellectual things to make decisions. We're here to convict hearts to be transformed. Our life is a vapor. You know, I got back from Argentina. I went to a church and there was something going on in our church this day. I was speaking to this one particular gentleman. And this one particular gentleman, as he was, I started to share the gospel with him. I told him, I said, our lives are vapor. He said, yes, I believe that. 
He responded that day to the gospel. As he left that church, he walked across the dual carriageway, which was outside. A motorbike came along and completely wiped him out. A life's a vapor. We never know. We never know. This could be the last time that we have an opportunity to respond to the gospel. This could be the last time. Is it you? Is tonight the night? And I am laboring this. I know I am. Because the, the, the consequences are so dire. Is it you? Do you need to come? Do you need to respond to Jesus tonight? Is it you? Just take that one step. That one step. Don't let this moment pass you. It's calling your name. Guys, can we start to, to lay hands on these guys here and just pray for them? Also, people in here tonight, you're carrying round injuries. You're carrying round sicknesses. You've got things that are actually wrong with you. You're carrying pains. We touched on some of these things that, that people are actually carrying around with them. Hip problems. I believe there's somebody here who has a problem in mobility in one of their hips. The Lord wants to heal you tonight. There are people who are carrying anxieties around with them. The Lord wants to set you free. There are people here tonight who have had issues that are going on at home in their own lives. You've got some things that are going on on one of these that you definitely wouldn't want your mother to look at. You know what I'm saying without being gross. The Lord wants to set you free from this tonight. He wants to set you free from the pornography addiction. He wants to set you free from the things that you can't set yourself free from. Tonight, Jesus wants to heal those of us who have got the joint pains. Tonight, Jesus wants to set us free. If you need healing tonight, come. 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 Anybody over here, you need healing tonight. People with tinnitus, you need healing. People who've got problems in their ears, you need healing. Deafness is being broken in Jesus' name. Come. I'm just going to ask our brother if he can just lead us into some worship whilst we, whilst we start to pray for people. Don't hold back. If you need a touch from the Lord tonight, if you need the Lord to set you free this evening, if you need the Lord to move in your situation, if you need him to transform who you are, come. Don't hold back. Don't hold back. It's not that time. Today's the day of freedom. Today's the day of salvation. Today's the day of deliverance. Today's the day of restoration. Come. Oh, my. Who can stop? 